Hi, this is uh, Mike Edelhart. I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast about beginnings, the beginnings of companies, new ideas, bits of science, and sometimes even a look into the future. And today, uh, here with uh, Jean Ann Booth. Jean Ann, great to see you. Thank you. As one of my friends says, it's great to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your company and just what it is you're doing? Because it's pretty unique. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So Unaliware is my current company and it's actually my fourth startup company. And I, I, and I came out of retirement actually to start Unaliware for my mom who had just turned 80 and she wasn't willing to wear today's emergency alert products because, you know, they're, they're ugly. Um, they're limited to use in the home unless they're tethered to a smartphone. And, and of course, worst of all, they're socially stigmatizing. And my mom was a model and that was not gonna happen. So um, it was the focus groups actually who first called us a wearable OnStar for people. Time Magazine called us a smartwatch for grandma uh, because what we do with our watches, we provide discrete support for falls, medication reminders, and a guard against wandering with Guide Me Home Assistance. And it's an approach that actually empowers wearers far beyond the capabilities of a smartwatch that's in the market today because we have a patented battery system in the band most people can't see this, but but you'd simply take the battery off. You can put it on the charger, take one of the charger, put it on the watch, and that allows you to wear the, the watch 24-7. And, and that's important because it allows us to keep our wearers safe when they're most vulnerable to falls in the bathroom at night. And that's when a traditional smartwatch is charging. So... It's a, it's a completely different perspective that we took to creating a medical alert. The interface is speech, not touch, because seniors are chronically dehydrated, so they lack the galvanic skin response that powers touch. And um, we have artificial intelligence that learns the wearer's lifestyle, kind of like a Nest thermostat, except for, for people. We use that plus an accelerometer to provide the only wrist-worn fall detection that is connected to uh, medical alarm call centers. So they can either you know, call a caregiver or they can dispatch emergency services along with providing information that might be special about the wearer who's actually wearing a, a Canega watch. You seem to have thought through all the issues very fully and come up with a solution that seemed uh, remarkably well-suited for what it needed to be used for. That being said, it's been anything but sort of a gay romp to a ridiculous (laughs) celebration and success. You really know what you're doing. There's a clear challenge out there for older adults and their families who may be thousands of miles away and now can't even go in the house and all that. So um, why do you think it's been such a hard road so far. Goodness, I have some thoughts, but I certainly don't have all the answers. Certainly when I came out of retirement to to start this company, it never occurred to me that it was going to be as challenging as it actually was. And and it wasn't as much an engineering challenge. I mean, the engineering is not easy. Um, Actually, we have more technology than what you would find in your typical Apple Watch. Uh, But I mean, that's just engineering. The bigger challenge has actually been the one of creating a startup and getting it funded. And I think there were 
there are a couple of things that kind of drive a big part of, of what we experienced. One of them is just, you know, in the last decade and a bit more, you know, in the, in the venture world, we got very attracted to doing all of the software only companies. And so everybody in the beginning would, would keep telling me, Hey, Jean-Ann, you should just do an app for old people. That's what you need to do. And I'm like, well, I, I don't take my bath, my phone to the bathroom when I go to the bathroom at night. Um, don't know about you. And besides, you know, if you're, if you're an older person, you probably have trouble seeing, hearing, or touching. <laughs> Other than that, you're just like everybody else. <laughs> so, um, so, so this, 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 kind of a bias against a physical product works very much against if you're going to be doing something for my demographic, which the biggest part of my demographic is what I call silver tech. So, you know, basically it's products for, for older adults. So, so that's, that's a huge, huge deal. The second one is, is that in, in this particular part of the silver tech product space, medical alerts and things like that, they're primarily privately owned companies that are in the space today. And market penetration's abysmally small. It's less than 6% of the 54 million people in the United States above the age of 65. So it's really, really small. And, you know, yes, my mom, she'll tell you exactly why that is because she wouldn't wear it. And frankly, neither would I. So the older devices. The older devices, yeah. yes. Um, and and so, so that, that actually drives kind of a mindset. First of all, there's not a lot of market research, so you kind of got to be an insider if you're really going to know what the market looks like. And, and that means you're going to have to learn something. Okay, but now you're in the fast, 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 go, go, go world of a venture capitalist, and you can fund somebody on the decision about the team and the business and the proposal that they've made, or you can spend, you know, a couple of hours to learn a new segment. You know, everybody's human. You're, you're going to go fund the one you don't have to learn for. And that's what people tend to do. I think, I think there's, there's just one other piece, and that is simply, just in general, we have this bias against aging. You know, we don't really advertise to the silver population, even though it's more than 20% of the population of the United States today and growing, right? But we don't really advertise. We don't really create products for... We, we kind of have this belief that if we just don't think about aging, maybe it's all going to go away and it won't happen to us. And, you know, if you're lucky, then you get to get old. And if you're not lucky, well, then you are going to get to get old. So, I mean, I think we'd look at it the wrong way, right? And so, so that bias against silver tech shows up very much in, in venture capital. Less than a half a percent of all venture capital goes into silver tech companies. And the majority of companies that get funded are getting funded for an app. So it's usually a caregiver app. And, and that's really problematic because the, the ratio of caregivers, the number of people who could conceivably take care of somebody um, who's older is declining very, very quickly as the population continues to age. So today, it's around four, um, four or five to, to one. In less than a decade, we'll be in the threes. And today, there are already some places in some of the states where the caregiver ratio is less than two to one. And it's not like those two people are sitting around, you know, waiting for somebody to care for. You know, they've got their own life. They got their kids. They got their job. They got things they have to do. And so we have to be in a position to where as people age, 
they can control their own aging and they can take care of themselves. And that means we have more work to do. So with all these issues, you're sort of our uh, our PBS startup because every time I turn around and look, you're fundraising. Uh, <laughs> and generally in relatively small amounts, uh, you know, compared to the overarching need. So how have you managed that? And how has that impacted your ability to move the company forward? And do you think you may be getting ready to break out of that constant small raise box? Yeah, so I'm gonna take that last question first. Absolutely. I think we are we are at the point that um, we're going to break out of the small raise box. That's the exciting thing. But for the for the help of other people who might be listening because they're going to be starting a business or they're in the middle of a business, let me talk about you know what it's actually taken to get Unali where funded. And and I should say you know I, I'm not new to to. VC funding. I'm not new to being an entrepreneur. So what it took here, uh, I didn't realize that there weren't VCs that did silver tech. And, and now we do have a few, but you know, the total amount of money is $75 million. Now, just last quarter, venture capital invested about $3 billion. Okay. The total fund size of all silver tech funds is $75 million. It's not very much. I didn't realize that it couldn't, you know, didn't occur to me that you could possibly have 54 million people and no funding, but there it was. So once, once we got there, it was like, okay, but you know what? I still believe that what we're doing is the right thing. I still believe that we're going to be able to do well by doing good. And, and, you know, with my mom's help, this was still something that, that I thought really needed to happen. So we went ahead anyway. And um, I ended up raising almost $14 million, primarily from angels, primarily $25,000 at a time. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of conversations. That's a lot of work. And, and, you know, in the end, I am honored by the trust that my investors have, have placed in me and in the company because they didn't have to do that, right? But at, at the same time, it was a really hard way to go. And one of my investors, he's so smart. There's what he says. You can be funded to develop or you can develop to funding. The second way takes longer and costs more. And frankly, that's where we were with Unaliware. It's been seven years and two generations of the watch. And there were definitely times where we could have gotten to market earlier and could have actually achieved product market fit earlier. But we had to stop and raise money and stop and raise money and stop and raise money. And you're totally right. I was never not raising. <laughs> um, I, and, and in fact, I almost never didn't have a round open. I think the longest period of time that I didn't have a round open might have been four months. So um, four months in a seven year period. <laughs> so just in case you're an entrepreneur and you're feeling sorry for yourself, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, take um, and slightly added a famous quote from uh, Winston Churchill. You, know, you might say that success is moving from funding to funding without loss of enthusiasm. Right. Um, he said it about failure, but it works about funding because if you don't get the funding, it is failure in a way. You've been on the edge well, essentially for as long as I've known you. Yeah, yeah. And and um, you actually invested in us back in 2017. 
So that was three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, we've pretty much always been on the edge, but at this point now we've proven product market fit with our second generation watch and, you know, we're growing great guns like 1,228% over the last couple of months. So uh, I, you know, I do think that we've turned that corner. My mom and I used to argue about who was more stubborn couple of years before she died, about three years after we started Unali Wear together, she she calls me up one day and she goes, honey, I just want to let you know you're more stubborn than me. I would have given up by now. <laughs> well, there you go. So I guess another aspect of this, if you don't mind me asking, it, it's, it's out and about a lot these days about, you know, systemic prejudice and bias and all that. So you're older, you're a hardware engineer who happens to be female. Did the female part of it play a role in this at all? Did the older founder part of it play a role at all, you think, in uh, having challenges uh, with the fundraising? The one thing I know after 30 years in semiconductors, that was before I retired the first time, is, is that if you're looking for signs of bias, you will succeed in finding them. And, and so I work pretty hard not to look for signs of bias. Having said that, you can't really ignore some of the data, right? And, and so certainly it is, it is true that female CEOs get less venture money. Um, in, in fact, for a while, it was pretty much 3% of the venture money was going to female CEOs and, and you know, female co-founders of significant power in the company. Last quarter, we dropped down to 1%. Um, which is really awful. So, so I, you know, in the greater scheme of the universe, I do think that it actually had a negative impact. Um, and there were certainly plenty of times that, that friends of mine offered to become my CEO guys, become the CEO so that I could fundraise. And it's kind of mm. like, yeah, but you know, they really want to hear from the CEO. And frankly, I'm sorry, that's me. So yes, it's an issue, but you know what? Everybody has issues that they have to overcome. And remember, I have raised $14 million for this company. So uh -huh. it's not like I haven't been able to overcome those issues. Having, having said some of that, th there's an extra piece to this particular company, even beyond just straight gender. And that is that the problem space that I'm solving is a little bit gender biased as well, because the traditional caregiver is female. Mm -hmm. And the traditional buyer for any medical alert is, is me. It's that woman between the ages of 45 and 65, buying for the parents and buying for her husband's parents, right? So, so you know, oftentimes when I would talk to some of the VCs, they would either tell me that it was a niche market, and I'd be like, there are no, no older people in your life. <laughs> Or they would tell me that that the problem wasn't a, a serious one because their wife had never said anything to them about, you know, the challenges of dealing with the aging of their parents. You've got the gender of being a female CEO. You've, you've got the kind of gender bias of the problem set that we're solving here. And then you combine lack of money in silver tech. And then you combine, oh my God, it's a physical product implementation, even though we actually make our money on the service fees. And yeah, it gets pretty hard. And that's why it's 14 million, primarily 25K at a time. Uh, it's been a remarkable uh, uh, job really on your part. We've all been incredibly impressed with that. So we agree with your mother, I guess, <laughs> having never met her, uh, however stubborn she was. 
So what next? So now you're going to get a little scratch, you hope and think, and now you've got product market fit. So if we do this again next year, what will we be talking about? What will be happening? Oh, my goodness. So in the end, I want to take the Canega watch worldwide. So that means more language support. And of course, that means support of the worldwide cellular standards because there's cellular in the watch cellular and Wi-Fi and GPS and Bluetooth. So if we were talking next year, I'd want to be talking about as we're rolling out in other countries because the challenges of aging are human challenges, right? And it doesn't matter if you're in the United States or you're someplace else. We all have these challenges, if we're lucky, that we get to, to deal with. So that's where I really, really, really want to see us is in that position of being able to provide the, the support, you know, that predictive preemptive support that a Canega watch provides in all countries. It's certainly needed. I mean, you were talking about the ratio of caregivers to um, folks who need care here in Japan. It's more folks who need care than caregivers because the population is actually slightly shrinking and they have the largest older adult population on earth. So they've got a real issue. You know, the, the New York times over the past, well, seven years that I've been doing the company every, every once in a while, they, they run some really insightful aging articles. There are articles about aging in Japan and, and the, the challenges that Japan has faced. Yeah. And, and one of the things that kept me going through some of the difficult times with Unaliware has been, you know, I want to be able to be a positive part of not having somebody write an article like that about the United States. Well, here's to that. So a great product, great person. Uh, if you have an older adult anywhere around you, uh, take a look at this because it really can have a transformational uh, impact. And let's do have that conversation again in a year and see uh, uh, just how uh, much you've been able to achieve now that you're going to have a little bit more uh, gas in the tank. Thank you. I really look forward to it. Same here. <laughs>